Growing up, summer always meant two things. Whether it was vacation Bible school, forest home, or, or family camp, there was always some type of church camp. And it also meant a lot more time at the beach. It was re- incredibly refreshing to, to kick off summer this, this past week with VBC here at, at church, and it included a beach day at the beginning of the week. And, and this upcoming week, we're sending our middle school kids off to forest home. It just feels like we're, we're coming out of this fog that we've been in for so long, and it's so good. One of my favorite summer movies is the classic from 1987, The North Shore. It tells the story of Rick Kane, who's a surfer from, from Arizona, and he learns to surf in a wave pool. He saves up all his money, and he flies to Hawaii to enter a contest at Pipeline. And before he gets in the water for the first time, he, he goes to his new friend, a local named Turtle, and he says, Turtle, can you help me? And Turtle says, when the wave breaks here, don't be there. You're going to get drilled. Rick paddles out, and of course, he gets drilled. And the rest of the movie is about him learning to be in the right place at the right time. We're starting our summer sermon series this morning with Jesus inviting his first disciples to, to push out into deeper water to follow him. It's an invitation to look at their world, to evaluate where they sat in it, and to make an adjustment to be in that right place. And it's an invitation we're extended today as well. Starting at the beginning of chapter 5 in the book of Luke, we read this. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, or Galilee, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had, got out, had gone out of them, And were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deeper water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they they signaled their partners in in the other boat to come and help them. And they came, and they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw this, when he saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, each of the Gospels, they have a a different take on Jesus calling his first disciples. Matthew almost tells a a shorter version of what we just read in Luke, and it comes right before the Sermon on the Mount. Mark's is even shorter than Matthew's, and he emphasizes the kingdom of God being at hand. So there's this this sense of urgency. John, the, the author of the Gospel, who often referred to himself as the one who Jesus loved, points out that Jesus' earliest disciples were his disciples first. But I love the picture that Luke paints. Luke is a a doctor. He he, he was known as paying incredible attention to detail. Jesus, he's talking with a growing crowd on the shore, and he can't really see the entire crowd. So he sees a group of fishing boats. 
Some empty, some, some with fishermen just coming in from working all night. And he, he gets in one of them and he pushes off the shore a bit. And he begins to preach. Now, depending on where uh, you are in the Sea of Galilee, the time of day and, and the tide, there are all kinds of coves with, with shallow water. On a visit a few years ago, I was sitting on a rock alone on the shore with my feet in the water, just staring off into the distance in awe. I was reflecting on the stories like this one. And right as I was in this deep moment of reflection, a, a group of college kids came running down the path 30 to 40 feet down, down the beach from me and jumped in the water. Then a boat sped by in the distance, towing a water skier. At first, it kind of ruined the moment. But, but then I was reminded that Jesus' invitation to follow him comes in the middle of everyday life. It was true for Jesus' first followers. They were just doing what they did every day, and that's when Jesus showed up. As Jesus preaches from the boat, he notices that, that those fishermen are, are listening along. He sees their empty nets. He, he finishes the sermon and he calls out, When the wave breaks here, don't be there or you're going to get drilled. No, no, really, he says, go out a little farther. Push out into deeper water. Put your nets back in the water. That Then you'll be in the right spot. This is a carpenter's son who may have fished a little bit, but it definitely wasn't his livelihood. And he's telling professional fishermen how to do their jobs. It would be like me, a pastor who enjoys smoking meat, going to the chef of the best barbecue place in town and saying, hey, I got some tips for you. I got some tips for your ribs. If anything, Jesus should have been asking Simon Peter, James, and John if they had any advice for him. Now, I imagine Simon responded with a, a bit of skepticism. We're exhausted. We've been doing this all night. But if, if you say so, we'll, we'll do it again. Again, Jesus meets them in their everyday coming and going. Their journey of following Jesus begins in the middle of everyday life. But it doesn't stop there. There's always a next step for the disciples. Always room to grow. The same holds true for us today. They push out. They catch an abundance of fish. Their nets break. And I love what happens next, mostly because I can relate to it. It's just so relatable. Simon Peter, he sees the catch, falls to the ground and says, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. His first experience with Jesus is terrifying. He's walking on holy ground and he doesn't know what to do with it. He knows it's special, but it's also uncomfortable. So his response is, What do I do with this? What do I do with my questions and my doubts, with my imperfections, my brokenness? What do I do with the religion I grew up with? How do I handle it? It was just too much, especially all at once. My hope for us here at WPC is no matter your age or stage, no matter where you begin your journey, is that we would be a faith community that invites these sorts of questions. One that would, one that would walk with Simon Peter as he, he figures out what it means to follow Jesus, that we would be that community. The others, they're caught up in the excitement too, and Jesus says, don't be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. Before Jesus talks with his first followers about their own salvation, before he begins unpacking the mysteries of God's kingdom, he invites them to participate in God's kingdom. He doesn't say, come and be saved, or come, everything's figured out for you, and this road is going to be easy. He says, come and be a part of this exciting work. 
using language that they would understand to say, follow me on this journey and you will have a role to play in shaping the church and in in showing others God's love. I I think it's also important to note he, he doesn't completely change their profession. He acknowledges that their journey began, uh, a journey of some sort began that led up to that moment when they were fishermen. It's an invitation to serve, to participate in the kingdom of God, breaking into the present right then and there. Now, in Jesus's day, students wouldn't seek out notable, the students would seek out notable teachers and leaders, and, and, and they, would, they, 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 they would ask them to be their rabbis. It wasn't all that different from the sort of pressure that high school students feel today to get into certain colleges. You would work and work and work, and then you would apply to a rabbi, and that rabbi would either accept you or or deny you. But here, with Jesus, it's different. Instead of the student seeking out the teacher, the teacher seeks out the student. Jesus extends the invitation. Jesus moves first, and his followers respond. We're called to live our lives as a response to what God has done and what God is doing in the world. This invitation to follow, to be a part of that work, it's ongoing. It's a lifelong commitment to a journey of ups and downs, of growth and challenges, of sacrifice and joy. And it's also an invitation to purpose. The reason the first disciples were were so eager to follow Jesus is because they saw value in the work that they were invited to be a part of. My hope for us as a church is that we find that same sort of value and purpose in what God is doing through our community today. So as we launch into summer and as we continue to explore Jesus' follow me statements, those invitations, I want to invite us to ask what pushing out into deeper water looks like for us. Where are you growing in your faith? What might God be nudging you to explore or or to unpack? How are you answering the invitation to be a part of what God is doing in the world today, the invitation to serve? When we talk about Jesus calling his first disciples, we we typically focus on Peter, James, and, and John, but Luke tells us there were others there too. This journey was never meant to be traveled alone. Let's journey together. Will you pray with me? God, show us the places where we need to push out, where we need to push out into to a little bit deeper waters as we seek to follow you. We pray these things in your name. Amen.